Got my uh, Hope t-shirt on today. Hope Worldwide volunteer for our International Day of Giving. Big Blanco's giving me some applause. I got my Hope t-shirt on today. Uh, Jackie, I heard you. Wow. I've got three of these, so I'm, I mean, I can give you one. You know, uh, today we're doing uh, a study uh, that we're continuing from last week uh, called The Hole in Our Gospel Part 2. And uh, I think uh, we'll learn some more things about the poor today that I think will soften your heart and motivate you and encourage you. And got some special things planned uh, here today. Uh, turn in your Bibles over to Proverbs chapter 19. Today is exciting uh, because today is our um, International Day of Giving for Hope Worldwide. Uh, we're going to take two offerings today, our normal weekly offering that just goes for the work of the church and all that we do here uh, in the South Bay. And then we're going to take a special offering uh, that we used to do on a weekly basis that we've now uh, started doing it once a year where we're going to give uh, to the work uh, with Hope Worldwide that serves over 100 programs around the world. Two million people served. Uh, the, uh, the poor have been served. And uh, the goal today, so if you could just say a secret prayer between now and the end of the service, the goal today is $52 a member. I did the math on my iPhone before I came, uh, uh, while I was at the stoplight. I did the calculator. Just under $58,000. So pray that our whole region, 1,109 people, that we give over $58,000 today. Two years ago, we went over about 8000 Last year, we were under about 6000 This year, we're going to make it. So uh, we have a 4 o'clock service right now. We have a 5 o'clock service in the MOE, the Spanish ministry in the West, and then we have a 5 o'clock service in Long Beach. So pray between these last three services uh, that we not only meet but exceed the goal of a uh, dollar per member per week, uh, which when you think about uh, one billion people live on less than a dollar a day and another two billion on less than two dollars, the least we could do is give $52 for the year per person. Amen? So uh, here we go. We're going to have a great uh, time. Proverbs 19. Is that coming up there, Sherman? Proverbs 19, 17. The Bible says, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will reward him for what He has done. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will reward him for what He has done. What an interesting passage, because God really doesn't need anything from us. Everything we do for God, it's really for our hearts. We need Him. But it's interesting that it says we're lending to the Lord. What it tells me is that God cares for the poor. That disciples, people that have God in their hearts and live for God, they are God to people. They are God's arms and legs, His mouthpiece. They're the ones bandaging the wounds. God works through us, those that lend to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful we have so many people in this church that are kind to the poor. And that are models for us to call higher, be called higher. Thankful for um, Calvin and Elaine Johnson, who have been very kind to the poor. Uh, in many ways, uh, Elaine, as you know, has spent uh, hundreds of man hours, actually woman hours, right? Hundreds of woman hours uh, serving a uh, very uh, poor school in Wilmington Middle School, uh, where uh, uh, half the school, half those kids go out of junior high and don't graduate high school. And, um, you know, 95%, 98% are on free lunches. Just to give you perspective, 
and we could walk there from here. I mean, take a little while, but it's just about five to seven miles from this building and from my and your nice house. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I'm really thankful for Elaine and many others, and I'm sorry I'm not mentioning everybody, that for the last uh, six, seven years have done a backpack drive so the kids don't use Target, Target, uh, you know, the little bags they give you when you check out or the Safeway bags. That's how a lot of them would use to bring their books to school. But we've, we've given backpacks in the hundreds and appreciate Elaine organizing that. We have our turkey drive that we've done year after year. And, uh, you know, you take the little laundry basket and you bring it to the door. Some of you all donated last year and then delivered that. Uh, we did our Christmas party where the kids get a little lottery ticket and they kind of line up and there's gifts all along the stage and they get one and there's a party and we supplied everything. And, uh, and then we beautified the school and other things like that. Plus, Calvin and Elaine have went to go serve in Cambodia, India and other places on their own dime and their own time, both. And so I really appreciate your kindness to the Lord, a kindness to the poor, lending to God and being an example for us. appreciate Dave Blanco who gave up his career in real estate very successful career, to be the vice president of begging for money. Um, he calls it development. And I'm like, so what, like, do you develop the programs? No, I ask people for, people for money. I said, don't you have a problem with that? Like, I don't, I don't like to ask people for money. He goes, it's for the poor, so I have no problem with it at all. And I'm thankful that because of Dave's taking his expertise from the corporate world and translating it to helping the poor, uh, thousands and thousands of people have been served and programs have been saved uh, around the world uh, and, and many, so many lives will be helped and have been helped that only heaven will be able to tell. And I'm so thankful for Dave being an example, not just in his career, but in his life, his heart. You start talking about this, his eyes fill with tears because he's got such a heart uh, to lend to the Lord, being kind to the poor. Uh, I appreciate um, so much Catherine Shump just uh, changed her career. She now works for Hope Worldwide. She's super thankful. Uh, she was working in nonprofit prior, but now she loves the nonprofit. She's doing even more. Uh, she was helping the poor before, but she's helping now at Hope Worldwide in a very powerful way. It's just been a number of months, and uh, very thankful to you guys for calling us higher. Appreciate Mark Sujimoto. Is, where's Mark? Who year after year has helped organize our Days on Hope. Uh, he says with a chuckle, is this my last year? And I say, probably, but I can't say. Um, but I think you could train other people to do it. And, uh, but I appreciate uh, Mark has put hu- uh, hundreds and hundreds of man hours over the last decade into organizing very professionally so many programs that have served the poor in such a powerful way. And, um, and so many others. And I wanted to get a chance to get those that got to, went, or got to go to the uh, International Community Service Brigade in Honduras. All you that went uh, last July for a week and served the poor. If you guys could stand up, the singles, teens... Everybody that went to go serve the poor for a week and donate their time, their hours, their expertise. Good. You guys stand up. Um, Hold on. Stay stay standing. I want us to give him a a better applause than that. These guys donated. Stand up. Come on. Um, uh, This wasn't everybody. But about 21 people, including myself, had the privilege to go down to San Pedro Sula, Honduras, for about a week, to, uh, half a week to a week. Uh, some of our sisters who are dentists, three of them, they all went, took a week off work, or I mean, half a week off work, pulled how many teeth? Hundreds of teeth. Uh, filled some people's fillings that had never had fillings before, and just literally worked and worked and worked. Uh, my job was to get them people, and so they're like, Marco, that's enough. We've got enough. 
Um, but right now, I have a chance to uh, let uh, my daughter, who got to go, uh, share uh, about her experience very briefly. And then she put a little video together about uh, just serving for the poor as a teenager. So here we go. Hi, I'm Danielle Pelizzeri. I'm 15 years old, a sophomore at Palos Verdes High School. I've been a disciple for about six months now, and this past summer, I got the privilege to go on a community service brigade to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. Myself and five other teens each raised over $1,000 each to help pay our way there. On behalf of myself and the other teens, I want to say thank you to all the disciples that were generous enough to buy our chili, brownies, cake pops, and cookies. We also door knocked and asked family and friends for donations to go out and buy vitamins and medicines for the people there in San Pedro Sula. I thank God that I got to go and be a part of this amazing experience. It was so convicting because the people there had so little, yet they were so hopeful and loving and grateful for the little that they had. It made me appreciate the things I take for granted here in the U.S., things like clean water, dental care, doctors, medicine, and an opportunity for education, employment, a stable house to live in, clothes to wear. The list could go on and on. Another way that I saw God work was in the lives of the disciples there, especially the teenagers. It was really encouraging to be able to build friendships with brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. The teen girls were very loving and the teen boys were such gentlemen. <laughs> Just like the song that you're about to hear in the slideshow, my eyes were opened when I realized that there's so much God can do in my life if I'm willing to step out of my own little world. I really want to urge everyone here, adults and teens, to decide to go out of their way and serve the poor and needy here and all around the world. Here's the slideshow I put together of the trip. Thank you. Your heart's getting softer. Proverbs 21:13. Now we're going to dig in. You know, I think two of the areas as a congregation we've got to radically repent in, in 2012 that I'm going to emphasize as a, as a leader of the region is one is our financial giving to the church. It's a faith issue. It's an investment issue. It's a heart issue. And if I'm not talking to you, just nod your head. I, I'm with you, Marco. You're right. Because I know as we repent there and we invest in the eternal, God not only blesses the temporal but He blesses every area of our life. The other area I feel like we've got to radically repent in, and I put myself right in the front of the line of needing to repent, is our love for the poor. Now, if I'm not talking to you, just nod your head, yeah, we do. You know, you can... But for a lot of us, let's be honest, we don't think about it outside of the day on hope. We might think about it, but we don't actively serve the poor on a regular basis. And I ask myself, how does God feel about that. My mom was an immigrant. My dad's parents were immigrants. And uh, you know as well as I know that if you were born here or got to move here and get citizenship, it, it's a privilege. You can't say it's the only place to live in the world that's amazing, but what we have is amazing. You know, Henry talked to me about an article that was in the LA Times maybe about eight, ten years ago, that for people that cross the border, however they come, legally or illegally, in their lifetime, they automatically get about $400,000 worth of services. Roads, water, hospital, education, just by stepping across one little piece of, one line of soil in our country. And for those of you that have gotten to get a higher education, and, um, I mean, you know, many countries, they, 
People have the capability, they're brilliant, but they never got the education to develop it. They never had the opportunity. And so they stay working, two, 12, you know, working 12, 14 hours a day for $1.65 for the day, just doing manual labor when they could have been a physicist. Or they could have been, owned their own business. Or they could have become a doctor. Or they could have become a nurse. Or they could have become a school teacher. They just never had the opportunity to educate and develop. Or they didn't have the health care to allow them to go to school because they were sick all the time. We have so much. And we can't solve all the issues about helping the poor. But our hearts can change. And I'm going to really call the church that in 2012, that we aim for once a month to do something to serve the poor. And my hope is that we can create a vehicle, figuratively speaking, that makes it easy for you to get on and go serve the poor once a month. And for those that can't go to do the organized thing to serve the poor in the, for the South Bay, because we're going to do it cross ministries, the South Bay Teens, South Bay Singles, South Bay Family Ministry. For those that can't join us that day in, in uh, serving the poor, that they would then go do something on their own, out of their own conscience. To serve the poor. Proverbs 21.13 said, If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. And I don't think he's just talking about these. I think he's talking about this too. That if we numb out, tune out, look the other way, and say, it's not my problem, that's a pity. Then sometimes when we cry out, God says, I'm, I'm not listening. Because your heart isn't my heart. And I'm convicted by that. And I believe as we repent in those two areas, in 2012 as a region, we are going to be the most vibrant church in the whole coastal area. And we're going to see fruit in our lives and in our families and in our walk with God and in the fruits of the Spirit and people becoming Christians and our kids growing and our marriages growing when there's a righteousness in this area. Leo Tolstoy, a famous author, said this, My piece of bread only belongs to me. When I know that everyone else has a share and that no one starves while I eat. When was the last time you or I missed a meal because we had to? I'm not saying I just got busy or I left my wallet at home, meaning I can't afford to eat, so I'm going to wait till 5 o'clock. Or I'm just going to eat rice or beans because that's all I have. And maybe that's some of you, but that would be almost no one. I read this quote and I thought, wow, that's convicting. And we can't do something for everyone. But we can do a lot for what's right around us. And God calls us to care about the poor around the world that we may never meet. <coughs> Excuse me. But He also calls for us to care for the poor around the world in our churches, that are in the church, in this church, and around our communities. You know, look at this passage here. We've read it before. Ezekiel 16.49 Sodom and Gomorrah are known for sexual sin. A very deviant city. But it's interesting that not only were they known for that, but it says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters, he's referring to the city, the people that in that city, were, were three things. Arrogant, overfed, Unconcerned. And I think as we live in a land of incredible plenty, even our social system, though it's not perfect, our you know, social network that we have in the sense of safety network, even that, welfare, food stamps, social security, 
even though there's holes and all that, and it's not a lot of money, it's something. So much of the world has nothing to go to. But begging or prostituting their body for food, or working in, in like almost like a slave, horrible work conditions, just for something to fill the stomach. And I think we have to be careful, I need to be careful, you need to be careful, that in our materialistic society, in our society of excess, what is the problem with our country today? Obesity. We don't have a problem with food. We have a problem with, we have so much, it's affecting our health dramatically. Overfed. And I think with that, as we not just overfeed on food, but things and food and just us, it's all about me. We numb out. We become arrogant. We become unconcerned until it affects us. It says they did not help the poor and the needy. What a challenging passage to me. You know, I, I uh, found this picture last week. Just a, little, a picture of the face of the poor right here around the world. Um, this is a woman, young woman in Ethiopia. And um, uh, how many remember the... Uh, Famine from the 80s in Ethiopia. Remember the pictures, the video? The, I mean, it was just staggering. Do you guys remember this? Well, it's happening again right now. Did you know that? In fact, this picture, this woman's four-year-old just died. And the Time Life reporter was there just taking pictures of all the disaster there in Somalia and this famine that's happening right now again, 25, 30 years later. And uh, he just happened to come across this woman just moments after her son had died and they were rolling him up in some cloth and taking him out. And it said that the U.S. estimates that in the last uh, three months, 30,000, the last two months, 30,000 children have died from starvation in Somalia currently. You go, what can I do about that? Well, pray, give to Hope Worldwide. Pray some more. And have a heart, and pray to have a heart for the poor. I love that song about my own little world, population of one. And just the whole idea of opening our mind, it even says, God, break my heart by the things that break your heart. But I just thought about that. I have children. Many of you have children. Imagine what that woman must be feeling right now. Turn to Deuteronomy 15. And there's something in the, in the non-profit world or in the uh, benevolent world called compassion fatigue. Has anybody ever heard of that? Where there's so much of this, lit- literally, most of us probably didn't even know there was a famine, severe famine in Somalia right now. Most of us, you know, it's so far removed. We're more concerned about Christmas. And how much are we going to have for Christmas? Do you understand? Am I, am I off right here? And what the the compassion fatigue is, there's so many problems and so much poverty that it's easy just to go, I can't take it anymore, I'm tired of it, I don't want to hear anymore, what can I do anyway? And you just numb out. I don't think God wants us to be overwhelmed and just kind of freaking out and slobbering, sobbing all the time. But I think on the other hand, He doesn't want us just to numb out. I think He wants our hearts somewhere in between. And in Deuteronomy 15... This passage says, and this is the the context of God's people, we're getting a second chance to enter the promised land. And Moses, who was not allowed to enter the promised land, was giving them instruction, saying, I can't go, 
But you're going. And let me tell you some things that you better emphasize if you're going to be successful. Deuteronomy 15.7. It says, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Well, the seventh year, the year for canceling debts is near. So that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. Every seven years, they would cancel debts. And what they were saying is, if it's year six, you could say to yourself in your heart, and we could all do this. The better hearted among us, you wouldn't do this. But I would do this. Hey, man, wow, if I waited till next year to be generous, then the debt won't be canceled and I'll get paid back. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they were thinking through, I don't want to give now because it's right before the seventh year. And then I, I get nothing back in return if I'm generous. The debts are canceled. He says, they, may, they, talking about the poor, may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. And then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in your work and in everything you put your hand to. Let's give generously to the International Day of Giving. Let's give generously to the Day on Hope that we have coming up Martin Luther King Day weekend, that's Saturday. Let's give generous to the poor every month as we go out and serve this year and aim to do something in 30 days. Something. That's taking action versus just thinking about it. He says, look at verse 11. This is how God feels about compassion fatigue. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you. He's kind of saying, it's not your problem, but I want you to be part of the solution. It's my problem, God says. There will always be poor people in the land. He says, but this is your part. And he even says, I command you. Therefore, because of that, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Amen? Reuben showed this passage last week, but I just thought it was appropriate to show it again. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. It's interesting that he doesn't talk just about personal righteousness. That personal righteousness is very important. That staying pure, having a good heart, having a soft heart, being dealing with sin, that's very important. But in the same context, in the same passage, he says also, I care about you helping the poor. You want true religion? Don't just live, quote-unquote, a righteous life. Care about the neediest people in our society. Orphans, widows, people that have lost their spouse. The most vulnerable. And I don't think he's just talking about orphans and widows. He's just talking about vulnerable people. Care about them. That's true religion. James 2, if you could turn over there. We're almost done. We're, winding, we're getting ready to land here. A couple more passages. Do you guys have compassion fatigue right now? Okay, I'm just making sure. I know this is a challenging... These are challenging passages, but it is the Bible. It is God's thinking. And we're turning the soil right now. We're, not, we're softening the heart for our International Day of Giving today. Because some of you are going to hold back, but now after you heard God's words, you're not going to hold back. 
Some of you, just from the scripture, are going to give more than you planned because it's for the poor. It's not for anybody in this room. But James 2.14, you know, James said what he said in James 1, but look what he says in the next chapter. What good is it, my brothers? Now we're going to start bringing it personally. What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no, what? And we talk about this in the area of evangelism and obedience and different things. But how about in helping the poor? He says, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. He's saying, let's take our faith beyond what the demons believe. They believe there's a God, they know their judgment's coming, and there's a fear of God. Now, they're not obeying God, but there's a sense they shudder because they go, my time is coming and God is supreme. But he says, let's take it a step past that versus just an intellectual belief or an emotional belief. Let's put some teeth and some hands and feet and some action to this faith. Do you know, a lot of people will not come to church with you, but they will come serve the poor with you and see church and then come to church with you. A lot of people won't give a penny for the work of the Lord. But when they know that helping the poor is the work of the Lord, they'll be more interested in knowing who is this Lord. A lot of people couldn't care less about anything spiritual, and they almost even can take a pride. I haven't been to church in years. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. But when you say, hey, come with me next Monday, come with me once a month, I go serve the poor, we're going to do X or Y or Z, they'll say yes, I'd love to come. I wish I couldn't come this month. Well, you know what? You've got to come next month. It's going to be incredible. And they'll come and they'll see the love one for another relationships and they'll see our joy that comes from more than just coffee in the morning. You know what I'm saying? How disciples come on, on a scene. They got their coffee. They're joyful with their coffee. At least I am. But it's more. It's, it's the intangible. It's the life in the eyes. You can see it in the pictures of all the disciples. How's your faith? You go, you're, you're talking about the poor. How's your faith? But if I help the poor, what will be left for me? How's your faith? But I don't have enough time. Have faith. But if I did it once a month, something would give. Have faith. What did we read in Deuteronomy 15? That God says, if this is your heart, your attitude, your way of life, then I'm going to take care of everything else. You know, it's interesting. I'm not going to turn there, but in Luke 3, 3, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, before he came on the scene, John the Baptist said, the people were convicted by John's sermon. John the Baptist says, after, at the end of the sermon, the people say, John, you're right. What do we do? And you know one of the first things he tells them to do? Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. You know, Danny told me that a bunch of the teens from our... Uh, region that were in Honduras pitched in money, their limperas is what the name of the 
money is there in Honduras. And they went to the mall beforehand and bought uh, a dress for one of the little girls that was in the preteen ministry. And then they bought a like a real jersey, a soccer jersey, but like a nice one. They all pitched in. I didn't even know they did this till today. And they bought this really nice soccer jersey for this one of the kids you saw, one of the teen disciples that you saw who was wearing a Blue Hope t-shirt. His name is David. And they helped him. He helped us all week long. Just served and served and served. They're at 7 in the morning. Great attitude. Serve, serve, serve. It's another fellow teen disciple. And one of the church leaders came up and told, I don't know if it was Danielle or one of the other teens, do you realize that a David, outside of his Hope t-shirts, he only has one nice outfit? And that soccer jersey you gave him really meant a lot. See, for us, that, that doesn't even register. I've got clothes in my closet I can't give away because they're kind of in style. <laughs> or at least I kind of still like them. Jackie, you've never seen my closet, so be quiet. Um, they're, 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 they're kind of, I still like them. They're not totally, but I'm like, no, I've worn it too many times. They've kind of lost their appeal. Maybe I'll wear them again. And wait, that's like a stack like this. How's your closet? And I'm a guy, ladies. I mean, just stuff where you go, ah, it's starting to fade. It's not faded yet, but it's starting to. And plus, I've worn it so many times, twice. I want something new. I mean, whenever you get a new shirt, what do you do? You leave the old ones, you're like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. At least I do. Maybe you don't, but I do. But I was just convicted. I was just blown away that here's a teen, handsome, well-manicured, clean, high, you know, good hygiene, there in his Blue Hope t-shirt, I would have never known that he had one nice outfit and that that jersey, soccer jersey, was now his other. But it's interesting that John the Baptist is preaching and of all the things he could have done to call people to repent, he says, listen, from the beginning, if you're going to get your heart ready for Jesus, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none and anyone who has food should do the same. I'd never seen that before, that John the Baptist, as he was preparing people's hearts for Jesus, you may have seen it, I hadn't, that he talked about helping the poor as a preface to discipleship. Last passage. You guys still here? First John 3 Let's close with this passage and I'm going to give you um, some practicals. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You guys believe that? This is how we know what love is. It's not the words, it's though we like to hear them. It's not just the knowledge, it's the fact that Jesus, he laid down his life literally, specifically for me, for you. And then he, tra- he transitions right here and he says, and we ought to. Why doesn't he say we will? Because some of us in this room won't. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 17. Okay, now it's going to go deep right here. Okay, ready? It's the last passage. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or, or sister in need, sees a brother or sister in need, do you think he's just talking physical family? Do you think he's just talking the church family? Or the Jewish family? No, I think he's talking humanity. He sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them. 
How can the love of God be in that person? Now, I'm going to pause so you can just think about that for a second. How can the love of God be in that person? There's some people in today that will give nothing to the day on hope, to the International Day of Giving. Literally, they've saw all the videos, heard all the lessons, have been told about it since 12 months ago, and are so hard-hearted that they go, well, somebody else will meet those needs. They'll take pity. Oh, man, it's a bummer, that woman and the situation. But then it won't translate more than that. And that same person says, well, I don't have any money, went out to dinner last night. Spent $55. $52. It's getting all pumped up for Thanksgiving. But has no money for the poor. You say, Marco, you're making me feel guilty. No, I'm not. You are. <laughs> Whether you feel it or not, that's between your conscience and God's spirit. See, don't be so negative. It's only negative if you don't repent. Go read what God said to all the prophets and how they challenged God's people across all generations about having a soft heart. Dear children, so here's where the pity translates. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You tell me, Marco, there's no way I could serve the poor 12 times next year. I say, you're lying. You can it's an issue of whether you want to or not. And I'm not saying if you miss, you're bad. I'm just saying then go do something on your own. But, but for me, once a year? I mean, come on. Twice a year? 52 weeks? 365 days? 168 hours a week? I can only serve the poor a couple times a year? How can the love of God be in me? If that's not more my heart. Do not wait for extraordinary circumstances to do good actions. Try to use ordinary situations. Let's soften our hearts today. You go, mine's already soft. And I say amen. If nothing else, if you think this is too intense, it's for me. I need to repent. I planned on repenting last year. It didn't do so well. I served the poor in January. I was on my way to the program in February. I met... Uh, Maisha in the parking lot. I got the time wrong. I showed up an hour late and then I went to the um, Honduras. That was my work for the poor for 2011. My goal was to do it every month. But my vehicle that I had to get on wasn't there and I didn't push myself with the ordinary circumstances. Let's go after it here, guys. We're going to watch in a moment a video that kind of encapsulates in a very poor way because there's no way you can encapsulate 20 years, but it just encapsulates how much Hope Worldwide has done over the last 20 years from helping millions of children be immunized and followed up on something we take for granted. Our schools followed up. Our personal physicians, our you know, pediatricians follow up. That, that's, that can ruin someone's whole life. We started there 20-something years ago to building homes for lepers in India to all kinds of projects that you're going to remember for those that have been around that long. But let's think about these things as I show you these practicals. Can you put those practicals on the screen, the last, the last slide? Here's how you can serve the poor. Number one, give generously today to the International Day of Giving. I don't get a kickback. 
I've got no skin in the game other than I think God wants me to say this to you. And what you do for the poor is between you and God and God and you. Period. Number two, go, if you can, do something global this year. You can go to one of these international community service brigades that cost about $700 to $1,000. You could save all year. Take you or your spouse or, or your spouse or one of your kids or do a father-daughter or David went with his son or there's quite a few father-sons on that trip and a father-daughter, me. Um, there's these three brigades, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Guatemala City this summer. And then for those that want to, we're going to go down. Uh, the campus ministry is going to take... Uh, the helm on this, but for about $6,000, you can buy a house kit, a kit to build a whole house, very small, obviously, and disciples go down to Rosarita or, or Takati, I can't remember where it's at, uh, for about three days, and they take laborers like me and smart people like many of you that actually know how to build something, and I, like, carry it to you, and I hand you this, and then I hammer something in, but I don't have the skills, but I can help. And a lot of people will raise the 6000 amongst their community group and go down as a community group and build a whole house for a family in one weekend. And they raised $6,000, built the house, gave some people a house right there. So that's another way you can do it. And thirdly, let's aim to serve the poor uh, once a month locally this year. Amen? Okay, so we're going to watch this video. And then I think we're going to give uh, to the, the International Day of Giving, otherwise known as a.k.a. iDog.